Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt the Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoyed today's message. Officially, Shabbat Shalom to you. <laughs> Good morning. It's an exciting time. If you were following uh, Shelby's announcements, you realize that we're a very busy congregation at this time of the year. It is a busy time. It's, uh, I would say busy can equate to being good. It's a good time of the year. We even had a, what I would call a cooler day of the week this week. I was somewhat surprised when I, I got up early. I was outside and actually was a little chilly. That's unusual how it's been here lately, and not that we want to uh, discuss the weather here this morning, but these type of things tip us off that we're entering into a new season. Have you noticed that? We're coming to a new season. The, the, the sunlight is a little different. Uh, we'll probably end up in daylight saving time before too long, etc. If you've been following along in the parashayot, in the Torah portions, you realize that we're also coming to the end of the book of uh, Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy, Sefer Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy, and some fascinating reading. And uh, I want to share with you a bit about some of what I encountered as I, I, was, I was reading this week's uh, parasha, which is called Nitzavim. And before I get into that, I want to mention an idea to you that I think you would uh, be able to associate with. And that idea is that sometimes just one word is needed to emphasize a point. Just one word. A word can be a powerful thing. For example, if you're driving your car and you see a sign that has that one four-letter word, S-T-O-P, on it, for the most part, for most people, they follow what that word says, and they do stop, although I have to admit, here I had pl planned to speak about this somewhat, and the very first car I encountered in front of me on my way driving in here actually ran the first stop sign that I saw which remind me a little bit of as, as, you know, symptomatic of some, some of what happens in our society. So the person ran the stop sign, and I was going to speak. My first word I was going to mention was stop. And that guy decided, go, instead of stop. But one word can be important. I just mentioned the second one. That's the word go. That's an important word. Uh, if you're a traveler, some of you have just come back from traveling, uh, if you were traveling by airplane, you went to the airport, you looked up on the board. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You look on the board, you find your flight, your flight number. And the, the word I don't like to see next to the flight is the word delayed. There's an even worse word, though. It starts with a C, and it's the word canceled. I don't like those words when I'm traveling. 
But just one word, delayed, next to the flight number can get your attention, can change your situation, etc. Um, an even worse word <laughs> is the word that it says departed already. It just says departed. And there you are, suitcase in hand or whatever, not really, your, your travel bag in hand. You're excited about your trip and it says departed next to your flight. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when that happens. And has any, anyone, has that ever happened to you? Anyone here that ever happened to you? Yes. Departed. And sometimes that's because your flight had been, that other word I just used, delayed. <laughs> so that word departed can get your attention as well. Uh, those of you, maybe some of you remember this, or some of you may have recently experienced this, but when you apply to universities, and you're waiting to hear back. It's, it's somewhat changed now. It used to be you would get a letter back. How many remember letters? You get a letter back. The only letters we seem to get now are, are bills. But you would get a letter back from the university, and you would look for this one word in that letter, and that was the word accepted. You looked, you, you scanned with your scanners, and I mean your eyes, and you looked and see if that word accepted there. Then you look for another word just before the word accepted, and that would be not accepted. But you don't want to see that not word. You want to just see accepted. So it goes without saying, you can think about the examples. These are ones that I personally am familiar with. Stop, go, delayed, departed, accepted, etc. That one word can really get your attention. And in a sense, that what ha that's what happened to me this week as I read again for I don't know the how many times I've read this portion over the years, the decades really. And I encountered one word over and over again in this week's parasha. That word just kept repeating. And as it repeated, and as I read it, and it, it kind of jumped out of the page, have you ever been reading something or even the scripture, and it just pops out of the page at you? A particular sentence, a particular idea, a particular name uh, or place, it pops out. In this week's parashat, parashat nitzavim, there's that word that kept popping out to me. And as I read it, I looked at that word and I went back to look at the Hebrew text to see if it really was in there, and it was in there. That was the Hebrew word, hayom. Can you say hayom? Hayom. Really, the word yom means day. When you put that prefix, the letter hey in front of it, it gives it a, a specialized meaning. Yom means day, and Hayom means this day, or as my translation kept repeating over and over again, today, this day, today. So that is a main idea in this week's parashah. It's the word today. Now, that word Hayom in the Hebrew or the English translation, uh, usually it's the word today. Sometimes it's the word this day, uh, depending on the context, uh, the sentence structure, etc. That word occurs throughout the whole book of Deuteronomy. In fact, as I was looking at the NIV, the New International Version translation, uh, and particularly going further and looking at the concordance for the NIV, I counted that there were 48 times just in Deuteronomy, 
that the word today occurred. And each of those times, and I didn't look at all 48, but almost all the times, each of the times that I looked at, and I would assume all the times, it was a, a translation of the Hebrew word hayom, today, this day. Now, in Deuteronomy, as I mentioned, 48 times the word hayom, or today, or this day, occurs. Let me give you a few examples of how in Deuteronomy, this common English word, the word today, how it's used in Deuteronomy, today being the translation, as we just all said together, of the Hebrew word hayom. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 10, we read this. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and here you are hayom, today. Here you are today as the stars of heaven in multitude. In Devarim, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, Something we're quite familiar with here, the text of Deuteronomy chapter 6, particularly from verse 4 and forward. But when we get to verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, in what we call the Ve'ahavta, and you shall love, it says this in verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, and these words which I command you, Hayom, today, shall be in your heart. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 8, I'm not going to go through all 48 of these that are found. And I know I hear some of you say, praise God, he's not going to read all 48 of them. But here's another example, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 8. It says, you shall not at all do, this is a tough verse. Moses speaking to the children of Israel. They're just about to enter the promised land. You shall not at all do as we are doing here, Hayom, today. What are we doing here today, he says to them? Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. You shall not at all do as we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. And then if you had the opportunity to read Parashat Nitzavim, this week's Torah portion, as Shelby pointed out, the, the portions are listed in the communique. If you had an opportunity to read it, maybe it jumped out to you as it did to me. The very beginning of Parashat Nitzavim, chapter 29, verse 10, it says, all of you stand today. Hayom, can you say Hayom. Hayom, all of you stand, Hayom, Atem Nitzavim, Hayom, Kulchem, all of you stand today before the Lord your God, your leaders, and your tribes, and your elders, and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones, and your wives. Also the stranger who is in your camp, from the one who cuts your wood to the one who draws your water, that you may enter in verse 12 of Deuteronomy 29, that you may enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath which the Lord your God makes with you, Hayom, today, that he may establish you today as a people for himself that he may be God to you, just as he has spoken to you, and just as he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
And there are many other references in Deuteronomy. Yes, I previously mentioned today, or sometimes it's translated this day, that Hebrew word hayom, refers to, if I can put it this way, the here and the now. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not yet ours. Hayom is. This day is ours. The Lord has given it to us. It's been given to us by the Lord, and I'm going to suggest to you today something that maybe you haven't thought of, that this Hayom experience, this today experience is a gift from Him. Now, sure, your Hayom, your today experience may not always be the best experience. Have any of you ever had a difficult day? Well, of course. Have any of you ever had a blessed day where you just felt like everything was, uh, you know, tremendous? Of course. It's not so much the circumstances that the text refers to. It's the time frame, the here and the now that the text is referring to. And Moshe, Moses keeps repeating to them this idea, this thought, this word today. The here and the now. Have you ever met anyone that lives in the past? Have you ever met anyone that just is continually projecting the future and is missing the hayom, the today? Friends here today, this is where we need to really step to the plate in the hayom place, the here and the now place. What, you're do, what are you doing with what I call the gift of Hayom, the gift of today? What are you doing with it? What are you doing with the here and the now that God has blessed you with? Sure, our circumstance may be difficult, but he has blessed you with life and the here and the now. What are you doing with it? Are you redeeming the time as the book of Ephesians speaks of? Redeem the time for the days are evil. Are you redeeming the time today? Are you serving the Lord with gladness, Hayom, today? Are you projecting, well, I'm going to serve the Lord, you know, after this circumstance is better, or that circumstance is better, or I'm, I'm more stable here, or I have more going on here? But it's the here and the now, the Hayom experience that's so critical for us. We don't want to just be dragged into the past. And we don't want to project forward in the future so much that we forget where our feet are standing now. And we forget the responsibilities we have now. We forget also the great blessings that we're experiencing now. And frankly, I consider it a great blessing to be able to gather here at Rosh Pina every Shabbat. To me, it's a great blessing. I look forward to it. <laughs> I know some would say, you really look forward to that? With all you have to do on Shabbat? Yes, I do. Because Hayom, this day, this Shabbat day, is a special day. I'm so thankful we have a Messianic synagogue, a mainstream one, not with a lot of strange doctrines. But a mainstream Messianic Jewish congregation that we can gather at. So are you serving the Lord with gladness, Hayom, today? Are you contributing to the work of the kingdom today? Today is yours, hopefully the whole day. 
Today is yours. What are you doing with Hayom, with today? Are you living in the future when really you're seated in the past, which is today? <laughs> Are you living in the past and really you're seated in the Hayom today? Are you squandering the time and the talents and the treasures that we hear about so often from our dear elder Roy Patterson, his three T's, the time, the talents, and the treasures? Are you squandering them today? Are you squandering them? Are you squandering those things, the time, the talents, and the treasure that he's given to you that you have today? Are you squandering them? Are you hoarding them? Are you acting as if he hasn't blessed you? Are you wasting them on things that really don't matter? The temporal instead of the eternal? Those things of eternal value, are those your hayom? Circumstances where you have your heart set upon doing kingdom things because you know that this world is going to pass away. But that which is in him, that gold, that precious gold tried by fire, as I mentioned a week or so ago, not the hay, wood, and stubble stuff. Are you investing there? Many of you know that the name of this congregation, Rosh Pina, seems a bit odd to some. And I can tell you over the last 22 plus years that I've been here that I've had to spell that name many times on the phone. <laughs> uh, how do you say that again? Rosh Pina. Um, and I know what they're going to ask. Would you please spell that for me? We, there was one uh, very well-known Messianic rabbi, I will not mention his name, great guy, that really couldn't get the idea of Rosh Pina down. And at one of our leadership meetings, rabbis' conferences, he referred to me as being from a congregation called Rosh Pina. How many knows what Pina means in Spanish? I know you <laughs> So there he refers to me as the head pineapple, you know, the congregation of the head pineapple. But no, actually there's much more spirituality to it than being the congregation called the head pineapple. It's from Tehillim, Psalm 118, verse 22 is where the name of this congregation comes from, and I think it's a wonderful name. It's uh, Psalm 118, verse 22 says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, the Rosh Pina. And who's the chief cornerstone of this congregation? It is Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. He's the chief cornerstone of this congregation. But just two verses later, in Tehillim, Psalm 118, verse 24, we encounter this. This is the day, Zehayom. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Did you notice it says, this is the day that today. We will rejoice and be glad today. And Rav Paul the Apostle said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. 
We should be a thankful people. Yes, we have difficult circumstances. Sometimes there are health issues. Sometimes there are financial stresses. Sometimes there are relationship issues. But the Lord has gifted you with Hayom, with today. What are you doing with it? Where are the eyes of your heart focused? How is your time, your talent, and your treasure being redeemed, Hayom, being used, Hayom, this day? Scripture enjoins us to be servants of the Lord today. Now, I have met over the years individuals that said, when such and such happens and I get this in order, this and then I'll serve the Lord then. That's very, in my opinion, very faulty thinking and projection of life. As it's said often, and I've said it often, tomorrow is not promised to us. Tomorrow, in the sense that we know life here right now, is not promised to us. And there are others that their, their whole spiritual life is everything that happened in the past. But what's happening today? Are you seeing the Lord move in your life today? The answer is yes, whether you realize it or not. If you're a believer, He is transforming you. He's changing you into the image of Messiah that doesn't yet appear what we shall be, but we know this, that when He comes, we shall be like Him, as First John tells us. That's an incredible statement. That means that what's happening, Hayom, what's happening today in your life, really does have and can have some eternal implication. So why would we squander the gift of Hayom that he's given to us? Why? I believe we should learn from the past. How many of you have learned some good lessons from things of the past? Can I put two hands and two feet up on that one? Some of those lessons are hard we learn from the past. And I believe we should be mindful of the future, even make sound and, and, and good decisions concerning the future. But yes, yet I think that most of all, we're to live for Yeshua Hayom now. Live for him now. This is vividly expressed, I believe, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. It says there, we then as workers together with him, with the Messiah, we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And if you're listening to these words and you don't have a covenantal relationship with the Lord through faith in Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, now is the day of salvation for you. Now is the time to turn your heart to the Lord. Now is the time to proclaim Him as King in your life. Tomorrow is not promised you. Yesterday is past. Hayom is here. Today is here. Now is the time. You know, I marvel at Yeshua's 
constant awareness of his own circumstances. As you read through the Bessarot, you read through the Gospels, you realize he was very aware of what was happening around him. His understanding of the moments, the hours, and the the day-by-day things of his life was incredible. To me, it was truly remarkable how he had a grasp of what was happening right there in his own life, his hayom. He just had a total grasp of it. And Yeshua knew he had to be busy to quote him. He knew he had to be about his, busy about his father's business. He knew he had to be about the kingdom. He knew he, he had to continue going forward and doing what was right in the sight of God right there that day. And he told his disciples in John chapter 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. And Rob Joel Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 13, verse 11, and he said, and do this. Notice the phraseology here. Notice the phrase. And do this, and then there's these three words in the New King James Version. And do this knowing the time. Will you say those three words with me? Knowing the time. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. As we near the Hebrew calendar year of 5783, we come to that, God willing, tomorrow, Sunday evening. I believe our service at 7. I hope you all will come and bring your friends, especially if you have Jewish friends. They may need to find a place to come for the High Holy Days. But as we near this new calendar year, we come to the end of the month of Elul, the Hebrew calendar month of Elul. We pass into Tishri, the first day of Tishri, I want to remind you of a parable of Yeshua. And then after reading this parable of Yeshua, I want to conclude by offering to us for our consideration five goals to strive for in the days that the Lord gives to us. So here's the parable. It's in Luke chapter 12, and I would draw your attention particularly to the very last statement Verse 21, when we get to it. Luke 12, verse 16. Then Yeshua spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. And so far up to this point, many would say that's very good planning. (laughs) But notice the next two words. A wonderful topic, those two words, but 
God. You can do a study on where those two words occur. When it says, but God, there's some kind of transition happening from above into the circumstance. Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? And here's the final statement that I would draw your attention to. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You know, where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be also, Yeshua said. Now, this final verse really causes a a question to arise, at least to me as I was examining this verse again. This final verse, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. It causes this question to arise to me. Is our life and all that is connected to our life centered on, on ourself or on the Lord and his will? What is our life centered on? I cannot answer that for you. Neither can you answer that for me. But there is an answer required. In fact, our answer to that question is our life and all that is connected to our life centered on ourself or on the Lord and His will. Our answer to that question is being exemplified every single day of our life. It's shown forth by what we do our daily actions, our daily words, our daily attitudes show forth something about that question. Is our life all about the Lord or is it all about us? So I want to leave you with five goals. I'm just going to briefly mention them. Five goals to strive for as we head towards this year as if God so wills to give us Length of days, five goals to strive for in the year 5783, should the Lord tarry. Number one, here's a goal, be rich toward God. Be rich toward God. Do those things which are for the furtherance of his kingdom and are right in his sight, not just what pleases you or what feels good to you or what you like. Think in terms of how does this fit into the kingdom? Number two, maintain daily awareness in your life. Be aware. I mentioned how Yeshua, in, 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 a, in a marvelous way, was aware of what was happening around him every single day. Check it out. Read the Besorot, the Gospels, and you'll see every single circumstance that's recorded, he was aware of what was happening to him. Maintain daily awareness in your life. Remind yourself each day, remind yourself. Remind yourself each day that the Lord gives to you. Remind yourself that you belong to him as we sang this very morning. You really do belong to him because he purchased you. 
And you might say, well, I didn't have, what, uh, you know. No, he bought you. He bought you from slavery. He bought you from the pit of hell. He bought you from the, the death of sin. Be thankful for him. Be thankful that he laid down his life for you. Be thankful that he shed his blood for your sin. And remind yourself each day that really you belong to him. You are to be his servant in the Hayom place. Each day, he bought you with a great price, with sufferings. He did it vicariously for us. He, he stood in our place. And I'm so thankful. How many of you are thankful for Yeshua this morning? I am. Let's give him a thank you, Lord. I'm very thankful for him today. Thank you, Lord. If you're thankful for him, show it in your hayom. Show it in your daily life. Let your words, your attitudes, your actions show it. People will read you and they'll know. Number three, first is be rich toward God. Number two is maintain daily awareness. Number three, recognize your specific role in the body of Messiah. Some don't enter in because they're never willing to really connect with what their real role is. They have their own choices, but sometimes what you choose and what God chooses can be very different. Many people are functioning in the kingdom, and if you would have seen them decades prior, you would have, and, and asked them, if you could have asked them, well, what do you want to do? They would have never said what they're doing now in the kingdom. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've limited it with how God can use you. Take the stops away and allow the goes to come in for God. Go forward with the Lord. You know, when I think about recognizing our specific role in the body of Messiah, there's another aspect to that. And I, I just term it as make sure you don't become MIA, AWOL, or NTBF. NTBF. How many know what NTBF is? Do you know what it is, Christopher? It, it means nowhere to be found. That kingdom stuff, you're nowhere to be found. You're doing your own thing, having your own good time, spending your money on things that don't profit, using your talents where it really doesn't matter. You are NTBF, nowhere to be found in kingdom matters. Is that what you want for your spiritual legacy? Is that what you want to present to the Lord when you stand before him? Here I am, Lord. I was NTBF. Nowhere to be found when I was walking in my hayom. Number four, don't become sidetracked. How many scriptures talking about not turning to the right nor to the left? Don't become sidetracked. Instead, remain focused on the task now at hand that the Lord gives you to do. Made focus on that. And be sure that you're able to remain focused and work alongside of others who are working in the kingdom. That you're a help and not a hindrance. Both words begin with the letter H, by the way. Help and hindrance. <laughs> so does heaven and hell also begin with the letter H. And lastly, number five. Do all to the glory of God. This is about him. Do all to the glory of God.
Not for your own glory. Not so that others would praise you. Do all for the glory of God. Because when you do it for your own glory, that's really what the Scripture calls vain glory. An old English word, vain glory. It's not really glory at all. If you do things for the glory of God, God will richly reward you. Richly reward you in ways you don't even know. That you can't imagine He'll reward you. For example, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 encourages us this way. For God is not unjust to forget your work. God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love. Notice what kind of labor it is. It's a labor of love. It's not a labor of, hey, please notice me. I'm important. No, it's not that. God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name. And then it says this, in that you have ministered to the saints, the believers, and do minister. I don't know if you noticed, but did you notice that in this verse that I just read, let me read it again. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. There are three strong action terms in this one verse. You probably noticed them. The words work, the words labor of love, and then the repeated word minister. And in fact, the last one says, and you do minister, it seems to be an active present day high yom type of thing happening. Friends, God has not called us in these final days to a life of spiritual passivity. He's not called us to that. We need to be activated in prayer. We need to be activated in the community under leadership. And we need to make sure that we are redeeming the high yoms of our life, the todays that he gives to us. He wants us to be about his business today, friends. Some will accept the mantle and others won't. I think it's going to be much better for those who respond to the King of Kings and say, yes, Lord. He's Tameshbi, use me. Yes, yes, Lord. Hineni Adonai, here I am, Lord. It'll be much better. Are you with me, friends, here this morning? Let's pray. Father, we praise you this morning. We thank you for the abundance of your goodness and mercy. There is truly none like unto you. We thank you that your word says, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice in it and be glad. We thank you, Lord, for so great a salvation. We thank you for so great a Moshiach, a Savior. Yeshua, your holy son. Father, I lift up each person hearing these words, each person sitting here in this sanctuary. Lord, that you would cause us to be fruitful for you. Herein are you glorified that we bear much fruit and fruit that remains. Thank you for this day, O Lord. Thank you for your mercy, your love, your compassion, your truth. Thank you especially, O oh Lord, for the fellowship of the believers that we can encourage each other, stand with one another, work together for your purposes and your purposes alone.
I ask these things according to the merit, the matchless name of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And let us all please say, Amen. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pina Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 1040 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at roshpinah.org. Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.